the answer is we all have to come together and not just condemn the violence, but actually work to stop it in our streets. Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today, our very special guest is James Carafano. He's a leading expert in national security and foreign policy challenges. Uh, he's the vice president at the Heritage Foundation for the Catherine and Shelby Column Davis Institute and for national security and foreign policy and the E.W. Richardson Fellow. So, James, thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me on. You really focus on national security and foreign policy for the Heritage Foundation. So what does that entail? So I actually, uh, so when my mom calls me up and she says, no, don't tell me what you did this week, because you know, <laughs> basically my kids are planning that. So everything to do with foreign policy, national security, and that also includes uh, homeland security, which is why you know, we've spent a lot of time looking at the, the issues of violence in cities because the Department of Homeland Security has been a, a big part of the response to that. And we have a lot going on today. We're going to kind of focus on national security because, you know, you just written a recent article uh, titled Rioting in U.S. Cities, Five Reasons Why Violent Radicals Feel Emboldened. Uh, great article. I think it was right to the point. Uh, and people can find that on the Heritage website. Is that true? I think it's on Heritage.org. I think I originally wrote that for Fox News, so it's on the Fox News opinion space, or or you could go to Heritage, or you could just Google Carafano and riots and probably come up. What is uh, what's the Heritage website too? So it's her- it's Heritage.org, and uh, so basically, you know, at Heritage we deal with all public policy, and my job is basically. Everything that's responsible for keeping Americans free, safe, and prosperous uh, in the world. That's, that's what my guys are. I have over 50 analysts. And one of the things I love about Heritage is everything we do is available on our website. So we're completely transparent. All our research is there. Even when we write for outside organizations like Fox News or other people, uh, a lot of times we repost that uh, on Heritage.org. And uh, we have a media outlet, The Daily Signal, and they, and they also post a lot of original content and repost stuff that we do in Fox News and other places. So it's pretty easy to find the Heritage stuff. And again, I think the, the, our focus is, you know, we ask three questions. We'll keep America free. We'll keep Americans safe. We'll allow Americans to prosper. And you don't get credit for two out of three. If you're not delivering answers that address all three questions, you've got, you don't have good public policy. And so we bring that to every issue. And I think looking at the violence in our streets is part of that. Yes, we we want a quality of opportunity. Not we want everybody's civil rights to be protected, but we also want people to feel safe, their properties respected, that they can operate their businesses, that everybody has equal protection under the law. So we weigh all those equities when we look at every issue, including this one. Well, and this is a huge issue because you know we're seeing it. You know, cities being burned. I mean, they look like you know war zones. Really, and it's being triggered because people, you know, incidents are happening, right? We don't want to say nothing's happening, but incidents are happening without anybody really spending the time investigating or doing the facts. It's almost totally reactionary. And this is planned, right? This isn't an accident, is it? Right. And I think that's the, the, the overarching, you know, finding that we said, and there's really two pieces here. One is, look, make no mistake, this is organized violence. These are not protesters that got out of hand or people that may even be connected with 
the civil rights protests in this country. This is an organized campaign of violence. Um, for example, I'm, I'm in Washington, D.C. We had some rioting over the weekend. Uh, it was in and around the, the Martin Luther King march, but clear evidence that the, a lot of the leaders and participants in the riots were people that actually came in from places like Portland and Seattle. They were actually imported here to riot here. Many of the same people in Kenosha, Wisconsin, where we had a terrible outbreak of violence. Uh, local law enforcement, when they were arresting people, they, they had people show up from 40 different states, over 40 different states. Yeah. So there's logistics, uh, there's a legal strategy, there's a public relations strategy, there's an enormous amount of money, there's a conscious effort to get equipment uh, that can be used in an offensive manner to attack police. So on the one hand, this is an organized campaign. The other, on the other hand, there are people that are normal, normalizing and enabling this violence. The other part is these guys and girls would not be able to operate if local leaders didn't create a permissive environment to do that. They would not be emboldened and people wouldn't fund them sending the donations. If, if people were not being silent about this and essentially normalizing and enabling violence. So it's like we have an arsonist and then literally have people who are willingly throwing gasoline on fire. Yeah, I mean it's really I mean it's it's hard to it's hard to watch. It's hard to imagine this is happening in our cities. But you know, it's it's hard to imagine that that not everybody stands up and says, "Look, this is wrong and we're not going to put up with it." I mean, you know, in your article you talk about how our politicians have failed us, right? I mean, in the end, we have politicians who, you know, let's blame one person or another instead of what's really happening in the reality. And then when they do come out, like we heard just the other day and say, Hey, this is bad. They don't mention black lives matter. They don't mention Antifa. They're very ambiguous because it's almost like they want anarchy in the United States so they can kind of fill the void. Well, first of all, the organized criminals are very, very clever. And so if you look in Portland, for example, they, the, the people would protest in Portland, that's perfectly fine, and they would do that till about 10 o'clock at night. And then the, what the, or, the organizers of the attacks on the police department and, uh, would do is, is they would wait until those things died down, and then they would come out on the street. So they were piggybacking off of the back of the protest. So trying to make people think, well, it's just an extension of the protest. And for many politicians who might be very well-meaning, uh, they were afraid to come out and condemn this because they didn't want to be seen as being trying to be able to parse between legitimate protests and the violence. But, you know, as the protesters scream in the street, silence is violence. And by not, uh, not having the courage to go after the violence, essentially, they were creating a permissive environment for this to expand and grow. And then the very, very sad thing is, no, I'm not partisan. Look, I, first of all, I'm not, because first of all, I work at a nonpartisan foundation. Right. Um, I'm not even, I, I am a registered voter, but I don't, I don't affiliate with a political party. I do not have a dog in this fight. But the same people who for three months literally dismissed, minimized violence, uh, all of a sudden see that the violence is becoming deeply unpopular with a lot of Americans. So literally on a dime, they flip their position and now they're condemning the violence and they're blaming the president, which yeah. is, look, I mean, completely unconscionable. I mean, this is a serious problem. It's a threat to all of us. We should be pulling together in a bipartisan, nonpartisan way to say, regardless of what your politics are, let's end the violence in the streets. 
Let's stop destroying people's property. Let's stop injuring policemen and putting them in the hospital. Let's stop devastating somebody's business that they spent their whole life building. Let's stop all that. But instead, the response is, oh, yeah, there is terrible, terrible violence in the street, and it's the other guy's fault. Yeah, I mean, you know, I grew up, there were several boys in the family, like I could have done anything I wanted and blame one of my other brothers and my dad would be like, yeah, sure, you're you're off the hook. And I grew up in Philly, so that was never going to happen. But I mean, to, to sit there and blame somebody else. The other thing that I find unconscionable is, you know, an act happens and, you know, we're, you know, they're particularly picking on police and not that everything is great, but look, the majority of our police are really good people saving us from a lot of heartache and pain and and uh, attacks but nobody is saying hey let's let an investigation go through let us find out what really happened because to say that we can make a snap judgment with maybe 10 percent of the facts and i'm being generous and then paint a broad picture so that every sporting event cancels all the athletes all of a sudden are you know you're killing me you're doing all this stuff and nobody really knows what happened yeah, I, I do think that that, uh, that kind of rush to judgment is incredibly dangerous. Uh, I really fought the NBA. I think the NBA, by essentially coming out and immediately within 24 hours calling for a boycott, well, look, no no active shooting investigation, particularly where law enforcement are involved in their use of deadly force, are you going to get a determination in 24 hours? But that's just not even realistic. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't care what kind of... And by essentially coming out and immediately supporting protests and violence, the NBA, again, is normalizing their enabling violence. They're saying it's right to go to the street when you're disgruntled, when something happens, and just start tearing stuff up. I mean, rather than being a sober voice and saying, hey, let, you know, let, let's, let's get to the facts, you know, it's, which takes weeks and months sometimes. So, you know, everybody gets their day in court, and that ought to be the – out of every National Basketball League player, out of every football guy, out of every teacher, every preacher, every politician, regardless of the politics of what happened, if there is an, an incident, the first thing should be said, we should have an investigation, you know, we should follow the rule of law, and everybody gets their day in court. I mean, that should be everybody's talking points. Well, and you, and you do uh, foreign policy as well. I mean, for the NBA to defend China— and what they do with the Uyghurs and whatever else is going on in China, which usually is bad, and then all of a sudden become self-righteous and and become you know the judiciary system here in the United States for any incident that happens. I mean, good grief, they have no credibility at all, do they? I look. I mean, I don't think so. No, I mean, I, I, you know, the abuses in China are incredibly well documented. They're completely ignored by the National Basketball Association, which purports that that. You know, we're all about justice. Um, many law enforcement officers have been um, unlawfully, illegally targeted, uh, hurt, in some cases killed. Yeah. Their families have been um, destroyed. Um, many of those officers are, are people of color as well. Nobody has a maybe have a have a care about them. So this this selective caring of human rights is. I think is is seen as as not credible, and and I, and I think it's a turnoff. But that's the other thing; they call it popular culture for a reason. And I think Hollywood, mass media, um, professional sports has lost this. Popular culture means everybody can enjoy it. 
whether a Republican, Democrat, left, right, Catholic, Jew, or whatever, yep. we can all sit in the stands and we can cheer for our team. It's a glue that brings our society together. What popular culture has become is a weapon to push for the favored over the disfavored. It breaks my heart when, you know, a, a, you know, a musical star that I super love, and, you know, I love their music to death, and then they come up and they, and they, you know, they start, you know, have the most radical political agenda. And it doesn't bother me that they have a radical political agenda. I love their music. What bothers me is, is that they're shutting off half their audience. And, and they're losing their ability for us to listen and hear their music and use that as something that's bringing us together. And that's what the NBA has done. Look, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't watch professional sports. I don't watch the NBA. I don't watch baseball. I don't watch football. But if I had, I wouldn't anymore. I, I just could not sit there and watch that and not be angered by what I see. And if, if, if sports figures and television actors and movie stars and musicians, if they really want to practice their art and they want their art to have a positive influence in society, then I think they've got to be respectful of that. If they want to be, you know, look, I mean, you can be an artist and you can have a political agenda and be as radical as you want, but that's not pop culture. That's not popular culture. That's a, that's, that's pro and that's fine. But, but you can't, don't try to be both. Don't try to be there for all Americans, but have a view that you know is hated by half of America. Yeah, I mean, when you try to come off being a moral compass and you don't even really know what you're talking about and you're just spewing angry rhetoric as opposed to really trying to be a problem solver. And, you know, I agree with you, right? I, You know, the first thing I used to click on in the morning was ESPN to see all the scores. I don't do it anymore. I don't care. I don't, I don't want to yeah. hear. I don't want my, you know, the sports to have been tainted by, by people who are espousing something. Look, everybody agrees racism's bad. Everybody agrees that that should be eradicated. But the way they're going about doing it with not even understanding what's going on, calling America, you know, we were built on racism and all this other thing. Look, everything has blights on it, but let's not, let's not go right. overboard and do that. You know, and even the media, right? We just had NPR come out, what, the other day and was talking, you know, was basically supporting looting. Well, this gets to, I think, you know, the, the key issue from a moral standpoint, which is when you assert your personal moral philosophy or compass or values over the just the rule of just laws. I mean, that is essentially the definition of fascism. Mm -hmm. What I believe, ex you know, exceeds what the law says. You know, one of the reasons why America has been such a resilient and outstanding and really an exceptional nation um, is not that just we have freedom of religion, right? It's not that okay, we set up a political system and, you know, practice whatever you want. But in the, in the, when we set up that political system, we, we had a moral compass. I mean, the reason why, you know, Catholics and, and, and Jews and, and other religions are comfortable in America is because we created a, a system of just laws, which is what, what God wanted. God wanted man to, he didn't expect man to be perfect. He didn't say, go make a perfect society. If I would have I would have left Adam and Eve in the garden. Just, you know, I created you as an imperfect creature. You know, go forth and use and have just laws. 
And so societies that create just laws like the United States, as opposed to something like China, um, that I think pleases God. And that's why I think religions and religious institutions and religious people are happy in a country like the United States. It's not perfect. It may not, every law not may, may not do everything that you want, but it is a just law. And that protects freedom and individual liberty. Antifa, BLM, which know better than the law, the journalists that wrote the 1619 Project, which know better than the law, um, that, that really is the definition of fascism. Fascism have, is, is having a belief that trumps anybody else's and then imposing that belief on everybody else. Well, so how big a threat is are these riots to our way of life and to what's going on in the United States? Well, you know, I think that largely depends on us. I mean, what we've seen is that these guys flow to where there is a permissive environment. Uh, you know, we don't see this in Dallas. Uh, you know, we don't see this in Miami. Uh, we don't see this in, in, in a lot of major cities around the United States. They go where politicians don't want to fight back where they've hamstrung the police. Uh, and, uh, and, and what we've seen is, is if it works there, then they look to export it to other places. Look, I mean, I think our mayor is a, a wingbat, to be honest. But yeah. the, the reality is, is in D.C., there is relatively strong cooperation between federal, state, and local law enforcement. There's not a tremendous tolerance for this. So, you know, we had some stuff over the weekend with the, uh, the speech of the White House and around the marches and stuff. And then we had, you know, in the incidents back in Lafayette Square. But generally speaking, we haven't had a lot of that in D.C. because there's just not really a space for that here. Um, look at Portland. Literally, and, and you know, people that say, oh, well, you know, they're, I mean, literally, they're all over the city now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, um, and, it, and it's just, crazy and you know so don't do that yeah well and it's it's been every night since the george george floyd incident right i mean pretty much every single night yeah look at kenosha which you know they this literally what what's true is in kenosha is you had outside groups that that you know raced in there you know quicker than nobody's business to take advantage of the tragic killing and then try to tear the place up they brought in the National Guard. They brought, in, and then you know, very quickly, the violence and everything died down. Um, so, you know, does this become a bigger problem? It does if we continue to enable and normalize the violence, and it does if we have state and local law enforcement hamstrung by their by the local officials who allow it to happen. That's that's the answer. To the well, and that individual, I think, it was Blake, didn't even get killed, right? I mean, I think he's paralyzed, but it, he wasn't even killed in the incident. Right. So, and yeah. and the other thing is, you know, I mean. You know, look, just because somebody has a bad record doesn't mean they should be killed. But I think, you know, if you if you're looking, if you're a police officer and you know who you're going to be dealing with, you're going to be on edge. I mean, any normal person would be. So I think to, you know, to all of a sudden be, you know, holier than thou and and live in this vacuum and not in a real world that the cops have to live in and then pick on them. Uh, look, when they do something wrong, they should be prosecuted if that's how it turns yeah. out through uh, through the investigation or whatever. But to go ahead and, and you know, be a wingnut and just fly off on these things, whether it's Portland, Seattle, Chicago, Kenosha, Minneapolis. I mean, to be honest with you, I had to look on the map. I didn't even know where Kenosha was. OK, let's be honest here. 
you know, these things happen. These incidents happen. They happen all the time. They happen all the time under Obama. We had even had riots, and, you know, in St. Louis under Obama. They happen. But, you gotta, but what doesn't happen is a sustained campaign of organized violence in the street. So you have to ask, ask why, why George Floyd, why Kenosha uh, mean that we have a campaign of armed militias in our streets attacking law enforcement and our citizens. Mm-hmm. And the answer is, is because there's an organized criminal organization out there that was waiting for an excuse to do this. And the fact is, is President Trump, you know, they, they want to blame Trump. Trump's been in office four years. We've never had anything like this in four years. Um, we've only had stuff like this in the last 90 days. Now, you know, why is that? You know, election because there's a criminal organization out there. Well, and there's an election coming up. So, I mean, let's, I, this is this is an organized campaign of intimidation against politicians, against the American people. And, and, and I mean, I, I just think that's that's the truth. And so what we really want to see here is we want what we need is the, the, the act of criminal activity is in itself a crime. Um, what we need are investigations that are uncovering the criminal conspiracies and going going after those people. Well, and, you know, we have politicians, as you said, you know, they might need to start taking some calcium tablets because either they agree with it or they're not strong enough to put it down. Uh, I mean, you know, maybe this is conjecture, but look, these these radicals, I mean, because, look, anytime these guys get arrested, it's not like this is their first arrest. I mean, good grief! You you know you'd have to be you know better get put your glasses on so you can read everything that they've done. Who's funding this? Well, I think that's the the big question, and that's I think the question we all want answers to. Because, um, and you know, the answer is lots of people could be funding it. Uh, people are giving donations to all kinds of groups, thinking that they're helping out with promoting social you know justice and and equality. And who knows where that money's going? I think one of the things people need to do is. You know, people need to think twice before they start chipping in the GoFund campaigns and corporations start doling out tens of millions of dollars to these organizations because um, some of the money may be going to support organized criminal violence, which is, I suspect what's happening. Well, you know, it's interesting. There was something going around uh, just the other day that if you click on the Antifa website, there's a uh, the first thing that pops up is is a way to donate for a particular political candidate. Um, you know, if you go on Black Lives Matters, who is basically run by, you know, self-professed Marxists that want to destroy the nuclear family, promote the LBGTQ agenda. Right. I mean, they want to you know, get rid of the patriarchy. Uh, I mean, go on their websites. Right. If people want to donate, go see what they really stand for before you click uh, donate and and, you know, go through with it. Yeah, I, I, I fear a lot of well-meaning people gave a lot of money to help fund people go f- be able to attack policemen and put them in a hospital. But there's got to be bigger funders as well, and hopefully the government's trying to figure out who that is because in the end, public unrest hurts everybody. Nobody wins from this. It does. Right. You know, and, the, and the, the, the politicians that were the enablers and the normalizers of this violence, they, they shouldn't think that these guys are gonna, and girls are going to stop you know, if they're in office, because they will come after it. Look at the mayor of Portland. Nobody has been more permissive yeah. and excusing violence and rioting than the mayor of Portland. And that was not good enough for the rioters in Portland. And now they're, they're basically trying to burn his building to the ground with the people that live in the, in the building he lives in. That, 
So, dude, they will come after you, I think. And the answer is, is you know, we, you know, they've screwed this up every way imaginable. First, they normalized and excused the violence. Then they just blame the other guy. Um, the answer is, is we all have to con- come together and not just condemn the violence, but actually work to stop it in our streets. Well, and elections have consequences, right? We have an election coming up in, what, two months? And, you know, if, yeah, well, I, I've heard rumor of it. You know, those, those who have, you know, maybe gone to media blackout maybe haven't heard quite yet, but it's only going to ramp up. But elections have consequences, right? We need to speak with our vote. If we want this to continue, then go right ahead. But if you want to stop it, there's ways to do it. And I think your point's well taken, right? Let's support our police. Let's support and get neighbors together to defend us. I mean, you know, you just read the stats on the number of gun sales and people can't even find ammunition. That's how scared they are. Yeah. Well, you know, elections do have consequences, but quite honestly, I think we have, we, it's ridiculous that our, uh, you know, public officials would compromise on public safety. And I, I think one of the things we all have to do is to make sure that our local and state officials understand the importance of the public safety mission, uh, the importance of supporting law enforcement, um, these are these are really important things, and they they, and they should they're not just election day issues. They're they're stuff we should do every day. Look, I'm a little prejudiced. You know, my, my dad was a cop, my mom was a cop, my brother in law is a cop, my brother is a cop, my ne- two nephews that are cops. So, you know, I've got a lot of law enforcement in my family. They all they all serve because they 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 value public service, and that's why they did the job. It wasn't just for a paycheck. So, there's plenty of cops out there that want to make their communities better and uh, help them, support them, enable them. That's important. So I'm, I, I think back in the blue is a, an important thing, and, and I, I think we can never do enough to let our state and local officials know how, how vital public safety is for, for health and well-being. Well, and I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, they do a job nobody wants to do. It's not like they're coming up to choir boys and saying, hey, would you please stop that? I mean, they're doing a job that is so difficult. They take their life in their hands every time they put on their uniform, and they do it for, to protect us. So they do need to be uh, supported. I couldn't agree with you more. Hey, James, we're down to about the last 15, 20 seconds. How can people follow what you're doing? Um, heritage.org. You can follow me on Twitter. I am a addicted Twitter. Twitter, that's the word. So it's <laughs> J, at, at JJ Carafano, at JJ Carafano on Twitter, uh, heritage.org, or you can you know see a lot of my stuff on Fox News and other places. 